Hey guys, thank you for joining me for another episode. I hope everybody's doing well, and I'm excited to share this episode with you. I hope and pray that it'll be a blessing to you. And if you have the chance, please take a moment and like and share and do a review if possible on whatever podcast platform that you are listening on and just help us out with that and share these podcasts with anyone that you can and just help me spread the word, help me spread God's message to anyone who might need it or will listen. And I think it will be a blessing to them as it is a blessing to me and hopefully a blessing to you as well. So today's episode is titled, Do I Have Your Attention? If you have kids or have ever taught kids or just remember what it was like when you were a kid, you might be familiar with what it takes to get their attention sometimes. Just walk into a room with kids playing or running around and try to get their attention. It can be like trying to herd cats. As a parent, you may tell your kid, don't do that or don't go near that, but it goes in one ear and right out the other, which inevitably leads you to having to step in and get their attention so that you can make sure they understand what they're supposed to do or not supposed to do. It's like walking with a toddler and you constantly have to step in and get their attention so that they, so that you can correct their course, you know, and keep them on track because, you know, they'll chase after everything. Um, and if they aren't careful, they'll end up getting hurt. So how about when you tell your kid to do something and 10 minutes later, they still haven't done what you've asked. You might have to get their attention and show them that there are some consequences for not listening. In the end, what you ask them to do gets done, but it may take you using some behavior modification techniques to get their attention, whatever that may look like for you. Uh, kids will try you and, and see just how far they can push those boundaries. They will see what they can get away with and where you will draw the line. And then some will try to, to see if they can you know, slide that toe just over the line. I have three kids, and the first two wouldn't dare cross that line with me. And don't get me wrong, I had to get onto them at times and, of course, correct their course of action. Uh, but the last one, the youngest one, well, let me tell you, that kid will dare you to draw the line in the sand. And when you, and when you do, she won't step over it. She'll try to find a way to erase it. I kid you not, this kid is a mini-me and has a heart like you wouldn't believe. But man, she will test your commitment to doing what you said you will do. As adults, we can be sometimes worse than kids. We know what we need to do or what we should do, but we do the opposite. It isn't until the consequences of those actions slap us in the face that we realize we need to change course. In those moments, we realize that the best thing we can do is surrender to God and let Him have His way in our life. Let Him direct our path. Proverbs 3.6 says, In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Psalm 37.23 says, The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in His way. When we surrender to God and let Him guide us, this next verse becomes so comforting. 
Isaiah 30, 21 says, And your ears shall hear a word behind you, saying, This is the way, walk in it, when you turn to the right and when you turn to the left. When it comes to God, you can count on Him finishing the work He began in you. Like Jonah, you can run, but you can't hide. And God will do what He has to in order for Him to say, Do I have your attention? Are you ready to listen now? The sooner we surrender, the better. Look at what happened with Jonah at the end of Jonah chapter 1. He was thrown overboard into the sea, and God in His mercy sent a great fish, or maybe a well, no one knows for sure, but either way, God rescued him and he spent three days and nights in the belly of this great fish, which, by the way, is meant to be a typology of Christ and him being in the tomb for three days, but that's a discussion for another day. So look at what Jonah says. Jonah two, chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. Forget the fact that he was in the belly of a fish or well. Look at how his prayer starts. Jonah realized he messed up, and even though it was his fault that things had, got, had come to this, he cried out to God. He called on God, and God answered him. I imagine it probably went something like, do I have your attention now? Who knows for sure, but Jonah says God heard him. Despite Jonah's disobedience, God in his mercy heard Jonah's prayer. You see, we are no different than Jonah. We, When we are disobedient to God's will and we stumble in our walk, God is still right there waiting on you. And when you call out to him, he hears you and will move to show you mercy and compassion. Jonah 2.7 says, When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you in your holy temple. It is sad that sometimes God has to take us to this point to get our attention. But I am grateful that God always hears us when we call out to him and is always eager to show us grace and mercy. Jonah 2.9 says, But... I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed, and what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Jonah gets his heart right and surrenders to God, changing his perspective and promises to set things right with God and atone for his sin with a sacrifice as soon as his situation permits him to. God will let, God will let us go through some things so that we can understand some things. Jonah says in his prayer that he, that as his life was fading away, he remembered God, and God heard his prayer. God may have to break us in order to get us to see that he is the potter and we are the clay. If we let him, he will make us into something more amazing than we could ever do on our own. Once Jonah submitted to God and made things right with him, it says that the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited him out on dry land. God will keep you in that storm until your heart changes. Then God will restore you like only he can. Jonah ran from what God called him to do. But while God was dealing with Jonah, he was moving him back toward his purpose. While Jonah was getting his heart right, God was moving him toward his purpose. God may be dealing with you and taking you 
through some things and you may not see be able to see beyond the circumstances that you're currently in but know that God is at work and is moving you toward your purpose Jonah could not thwart God's plan despite his disobedience and God will accomplish his purpose Jonah 3 1 through 3 says the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So God adjusted Jonah's perspective, and in his mercy gives Jonah another chance. Now look at how Jonah responds with his newfound perspective. It says, So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. God is so merciful and patient with us, always willing to give us another chance. Like I said yesterday, when I read the Bible, all I see anymore is God's grace, mercy, and love for his people from Genesis to Revelation. You can't mess up bad enough that God won't hear you when you call out to him. He will not abandon you and and is always ready to show you mercy and grace no matter what you've done. For salvation belongs to him. He never runs out of chances. Like Jonah, he can restore you and give you another chance if you let him. God, thank you in your mercy and love. You don't leave us to our sin, but you pursue us and overtake us with your compassion and love. Thank you, Lord, that you are a loving father who is willing to do what it takes to change our hearts and give us a God perspective instead of just writing us off. Help your people to understand that if we aren't right horizontally, we can't be right vertically. In order to honor you, God, and be right with you, we have to be right with each other. So give us a heart for your people, Lord. Let your mercy, love, and grace overflow in our lives, Lord, and into those around us. God, send just one person across our path that we can love on, not preach to, just love on. Jesus loved on those who were lost and hurting. Let us be like Jesus today, God. Pour out your spirit on on us as we face difficult days ahead. Let your peace rest on us. For you are God and we are your people. Make us that city on a hill so that we may glorify you. Do a mighty work in us, Lord. And may you receive all the glory and praise. Amen.